Welcome back to another episode of Getting Strange with Stevie Mo. I'm Stevie Mo, and uh, hey, surprise, surprise, having technical issues this time, uh, I will confirm it is on my end. <laughs> I uh, I can't get good internet to save my life, but uh, here in a couple months, hopefully I will be having uh, Starlink, Elon Musk, uh, with that little, uh, what is it, Starlink RV, where it like you set the thing up and it finds the satellites as long as there ain't trees in the way, which apparently trees will block uh, internet signal, which could be you know they're releasing all these gases and Wi-Fi is getting blocked by them. I don't know. That's a that's a whole different road we can go down at some point. We're not gonna go down that road. We're gonna cut right to it. <laughs> and uh, I know that joke is funny to me but you probably read the title so you already know what's going on i've got ryan from spaceman knives on the on the other line ryan how you doing i'm doing great how are you doing today i'm good that joke was terrible wasn't it i you know what i like a good knife joke (laughs) i don't i don't know how many good knife jokes there are i know there's probably a lot of bad knife jokes (laughs) but i'm glad I'm, i'm glad i got put into the good knife jokes yeah, absolutely. So, hey, I uh, I appreciate you you joining me here. Um, we've got a lot to discuss, and there's some really cool stuff. There's a couple funny things, and everything in between. Um, but I want to thank you for uh, for hopping on here, and thank you for making an awesome uh, awesome line of products, which I am a proud owner of of the uh, Meteor Series Meat Cleaver, which. There's a very, very funny story about how I acquired that. (laughs) I know you remember. I do. I do. Yeah. (laughs) But, uh, yeah, media, if you want to let, uh, let the wonderful folks out there know, um, who you are, what you do, and we'll, uh, we'll get into that story. Yeah, I think, uh, so I'm Ryan Fowler. I'm the owner and, uh, yeah, I'm the owner of Spaceman Knives. We've uh, been in operation for about two years now. Um, started actually on uh, with an Instagram Facebook or an Instagram page uh, doing Spaceman Barbecue, um, which is still an active page. And saw an opportunity with lots of people uh, really getting into knives and different cooking knives. And right about there at the start of COVID, when people were really getting to home cooking and barbecue, and I was actually asked to. Um, just I'll just give my story real quick. If that's all. Oh yeah, if that's all. Please do. So, um, I was actually approached by a company who wanted to use my logo on some knives. I thought that would be really awesome. And uh, then I read the contract, and unfortunately for them, I read a lot of contracts in my normal daily work, and it was not a good contract, at least not for me. It was a great contract for them, not a good one for me. So I I told them no, and I uh, called a friend of mine who uh, had worked for companies like Gerber and Kershaw, and you know, kind of big players in the knife business. I said, hey, you know, this is what got proposed to me. It didn't feel right. He's like, oh, no, man, if you want to if you want to get into that business, let me connect you with some people. Next thing I know, I was talking to some various manufacturers about uh, producing knives. And because he was my my contact and my go person, they uh, they were uh, more than willing to work with me. And uh, so we were able to do some really neat stuff right off the bat. And at first, it was just going to be a fun thing. I was like, you know. I could uh, sell a few knives with my logo to friends and family. That would be that would be fun. And uh, first batch of knives sold out in 15 minutes. And I was like, well, geez, now I have to buy more knives. And uh, that batch sold out quick too. So um, here we are, two years later. We've got a successful online business selling uh, knives all over the 
country and all over the world, actually. We've, switch, we've shipped to the United Kingdom, Australia. I got an order getting ready to go to New Zealand, Scotland, um, just kind of all over the place and met so many cool people along the way, uh, including yourself um, and just having a lot of fun with it. Yeah, it. Um, you guys caught my eye. And I can't I, I can probably look back and see exactly when it was, but um, it was uh, it was it was fairly recently, uh, I'd say within the past couple of months. But what's funny is how you started this during the pandemic. You know, that's when I really started. Uh, I was living with a buddy of mine and he had a pellet grill and I, I had I'd wanted a pellet grill for years because I wanted to smoke, uh, was kind of afraid of an offset. And that's when I got into like smoking meats and really cooking. And I'm like, that, like I discovered that passion. Cause I mean, you're at home. I'd always had a, had a passion for cooking. Like I always wanted great barbecue. So I kind of got into it there. And then, you know, a few months ago, uh, so I've been doing this podcast roughly around two years and I clearly I'm a fan of aliens and I happened to see Spaceman Knives. I'm like, oh, this is a done deal. I'm like, there ain't no way. And I, I started looking at some of the products, and I'm like, dude, these knives are just, like, cool looking. And, you know, so I, I, I had been a fan. And I just, I you know, every time something would pop up, I'd like it. And I'm like, man, I, I got to get one of those knives soon. Uh, well, and then we'll get the story how I acquired one. Um, I want to say it was... Uh, early November ish. I should, I, yeah. I, I forgot to look back at the messages and see exactly what it was, but, um, I like, I, I, I replied to one of your stories or something and I'm three sheets to the wind. I'm, <laughs> I'm annihilated. It's like a Saturday night. I'm like 15 <laughs> beers deep and I'm like message. I'm like, Oh dude, those knives are super cool. I'm like, ah, shit. I'm like, I just paid off my credit card like a week ago. So that means I got a full, full line of credit ready to go. <laughs> and what did what did you do instead of being the uh, ah man hey sleep on it? You're like hey bro, here's my website. <laughs> hey, I, I sell nice for a living, man. And if uh, that means taking advantage of you when you're drunk in between uh, Call of Duty sessions, and that's what I'm gonna. <laughs> did it? It worked. And I go, because uh, and I even told you, because I was like, you know, and I knew I wanted to wanted to grab something, and I'm looking on the website, and I the, this this meat cleaver like caught my eye, like there was like so many, there's so many series, and we can break down and get into more of those series, but there was something about this, like I always wanted this just like a meat cleaver, because you know I'd seen all those little Instagram clips of, you know, where people are like chopping stuff with like a cleaver. And I'm like, man, I, I've never really had one of those. I'm like, you know, if I want to chop some, you know, pulled pork up or whatever. And I see this knife, I'm like, D I got to have it. And it was on one of the, it, it was like a killer price. I looked at it. I'm like, Oh shit. I'm like, I'm not leaving without paying that for that knife. And I remember specifically telling you, I'm like, Hey, if you don't hear from me by the morning, message me and remind me or screenshot this that I said I would do this, and I will. <laughs> it's like 2 in the morning. I send a screenshot. I'm like, I bought one, man. And I had to double-check the address and make sure I punch it in right. <laughs> and then I wake up at, like, noon <laughs> the next day, and it's like 4 in the morning. You've already got a package. You're like, how's that for customer service? I'm like, oh, I love it. <laughs> 
Yeah, we we were, uh, you know, it's one of the things we really pride ourselves in is, you know, we, uh, uh, you know, our primary manufacturer is overseas and they built to our designs and our quality specifications. They do an absolutely great job for us, but we warehouse everything right here in North Dakota. And unless there's something weird going on, like I'm out of town or my family's out of town, uh, we try to get everything out within 48 hours and usually within 24 hours. Um, in your case, I just happened to be packaging knives the next morning and your order had already come in. So it, it worked out. <laughs> Did you giggle? You're like, I got to send this to this drunk idiot. <laughs> <laughs> I, man, I was uh, like, and I was like a kid waiting for that. Um, cause I, I was like, I got to see this knife in person. And as soon as like it showed up at the doorstep, I'm like, I'm, I'm, I'm super pumped. And one of the things that got me. Like really got me other than, you know, and I, I showed a lot of people, uh, and God, this is why I wish that zoom would have, <laughs> would have been happening. Um, just like the design of it. And it just, it's, it's the coolest looking knife and it's got, um, I don't, like very detailed. I, I don't know what you would even call that where it's like textured. Like yeah, it's. We- it's really just called patterning is what it's called. So yeah. it's a uh, patterning on the blade. Uh, it's uh, got that kind of rustic patterning to it. It's a, uh, it's a cool effect on it for sure. It's just, it was like, I finally had a cleaver. I'm like, cool. I cannot wait to just use whatever on this. And I noticed, you know, through the website, checking it out, most of the merch is all Carhartt merch. And now I'm a, like, I'm a, I'm a blue collar dude. Um, not just for the for the TikTok uh, <laughs> fame aspect of it, because apparently everyone wants to be a, like a lineman just so they can get TikTok clout. Now, I <laughs> I should have. I do HVAC for a living, and uh, I build ductwork, and that shit sucks. Like, I'm not posting that shit. Uh, I'm not posting my life on TikTok. Like, that's not glorious, you know? <laughs> I'm not like these, these skinny little white dudes from, like, Nebraska. It's like, yeah, man, we're we're powered America, and it's just like good looking. I'm like, no, I'm just some fat tenor, man. <laughs> <laughs> but being that Carhartt is a brand that uh, I, I like, I rock usually daily, uh, whether I'm wearing work clothes or my Carhartt fanny pack, which I own, and it is amazing. And you can fit spices, pack of smokes. And a can of beer in there. And I'm telling you, the car was thinking of everything. <laughs> I had a fanny pack. I'm definitely going to have to look into that. You you, you, uh, know you don't have those uh, car fanny packs? Yeah, no. I've I, I seen them before. I'm going to have to look into it. I got mine about like a year and a half ago. They had uh, that and... Uh, the two of the coolest, the like the two things, like I got it, got it for Christmas last year. They had that, and uh, oh, this is gonna make me sound bad. It was a, a six pack holder where it was, it was essentially like the Carhartt, you know, the um, whatever fabric, and then it had like an insulated lining, and it was just like a like a foldable, like you could take away, like you know, at bars when they put like their you know little like ketchup mustard things like the hard packs. It was like a, it was like a six pack carrier like a, I, I i don't know how else to explain it other than that but yeah it was it was definitely all the uh the carhartt garb and i uh i went with the fanny pack which I, still as a 33 year old five foot seven male i uh i wear that out in public and i'm not ashamed <laughs> you know what sometimes you just gotta own it and go with it that's all there is to it <laughs> hey, that, hey that's what i'm saying so 
Um, you know, kind of getting back to back to the knives. Man, when this meat cleaver came in, I was just like, dude, I finally got like a really, really good knife. And there's something about having a good knife because I love love backyard barbecuing. But I, you know, I I'm one of those guys I gotta share everything I do on social media, so stuff's gotta look good. So I'm always trying to carve stuff with like regular kitchen knives that you get from like Walmart and things just don't get it done. When I got this, I was like, all right, let's see how well this like will cut uh chicken. And I butterfly chicken breast and I just start slicing it and I'm like, all right, this is a <laughs> I was not used to like having a higher end knife. You know, I was like using a dollar ninety seven uh Ozark Trail fillet knife, and then I get into something like this and I'm like, oh shit, this is like really Really good quality, and it's something that's going to last me a while. So I was, like, happy. I, I was like, dude, this is, like, the first piece of things that I need to, you know, obviously trim stuff, make it look good, but also something that's going to last, something that uh, I'm happy to own. And I look at this knife all the time, the one that I got, this cleaver. It's just the coolest-looking thing to me because it's not like the – Typical, like, that, just this giant thing. It's a sleek design. It works really well. And I use it for more than I thought I would. I'm like, dude, this is the shit. <laughs> Where was this before in my life? Yeah, and that's actually one of my personal favorite parts about the Meteor series, like the one you have, is they're kind of these big, burly, rustic-looking knives. But we spent a lot of time getting the weight and the balance of them right, so they're very usable. Like, uh, so like you said, that cleaver, you can sit there and you can, you know, you could take it to a, a big chunk of pork shoulder and, uh, you know, cut it all down, or you can use it to slice chicken and it's going to do that just as well. So it's, a uh, and without feeling awkward and clumsy at the same time. So that we put a lot of time into getting that fit, that finish, that balance, uh, just the overall feel of it. Um, so a lot of work went into that. So I, I, I'm glad to hear you appreciate that. I, I you know, I definitely do. And you know, one of the one of the things that you know it got us to uh, got us on this podcast. You were doing a live a couple. Um, I want to say it was a like at the, at the time of this recording, it was about a week before. And uh, you know, I joined because I was like, "Hey, I bought one of these uh, bought one of these knives." Like, obviously, I'm gonna get more. Like, I just I'm I'm trying to figure out what else I need in my collection. But you know, you mentioned something that you're like, "Hey, right now we." They're made overseas, and mm-hmm. we'd love to have them here in America. Right now, it's just not – right now, at, at this time, it's not possible, which very understandable. So, you know, we, like I wanted to, to dive into that um, that aspect. I mean, obviously, there's the, – the American dream is being able to manufacture everything here, create jobs, create an empire here, you know, put Americans to work, but – Sometimes in this economy and, you know, you starting out, I mean, this wasn't like, like, as you said, this wasn't something that you planned on. You're like, hey, you didn't wake up. You're like, hey, you know what? I'm just going to sell a bunch of knives. It just kind of fell into your lap. And you're like, well, I got to go somewhere from here. So, um, I mean, I, I don't want you to maybe not lay out the whole process <laughs> of who you had to contact, but like kind of how that all went into play and you know, how, how that all works, you know, you know what I mean? Like, don't be like, man, I called this dude and this, <laughs> this guy to, 
you know. Let me give you a number. Now, um, yeah, that's. <laughs> it, I think there's a couple of questions in there, so I'll, I'll speak to a couple of things. And if I ever get off, if I get off base, just just roll with it. Quite honestly, because that's, that's the way we do this. That's a whole um, show, man. <laughs> yeah. So uh, the uh, you know, to kind of your first point of, we have actually explored in depth to see what it would take to manufacture knives in the United States. There's a handful of companies that are doing it successfully in the United States. Um, but they tend to own their own production and or own um, some sort of share overall production, um, which tells you the best way to do it is to, you know, own the front of the house to the back of the house. And that really is a, a dream someday that we would love to see come to life. Um, unfortunately, right now to contract out the manufacturing of our knives in the United States, we would probably be for similar quality knives. We would be at um, three to four times the price point. Uh, for similar quality. And I just don't know that there, I, I think there is um, a passion for us made products. I think there are some people that would step up and pay that. But I think the majority of our, our customers right now, they're, they're home cooks for the most part. We, we do have several professionals that use our knives as well, but the majority of our customers are home cooks. They're using them just like you on the weekend, smoking meat or in the kitchen a few times, a, a few times a week, whatever the case might be. So to drop four or $500 on a knife is a different story than dropping a hundred dollars on a knife, a knife, um, a hundred dollar knife is still a premium knife. And we turn out a really nice product with the manufacturer we have. Um, we remain in constant contact with uh, some of the U S manufacturers trying to figure out a way to at least bring a line to the United States. Cause we would love to see that. Um, it's something we're passionate about and we would love to see, but the, the fact of the matter is, is right now, um, from a cost standpoint, it's just not sustainable as of yet. Um, we think there's ways to do it, and we're going to continue to explore those. Um, but as far as having them uh, made, so we there's a whole different, uh, there's a bunch of different ways you can handle these uh, importing processes. For me, it was, I was lucky. I knew somebody that knew a guy. Uh, next thing I knew, I was on the phone with a guy from, from China at like 2 a.m. because of the time difference. And we were talking about what this would have to look like. Uh, I can tell you that initial contact, the guy who made the initial knives for me, I actually don't use that manufacturer anymore. Um, and it was just because of some um, shipping delays and some quality issues and stuff like that. We actually ended up switching to another manufacturer, which, again, was a bunch of re research on my end, finding somebody who is going to be reliable. And, and you also have to think about the fact that, you know, when you're doing business with companies like this overseas, like you put in an order for, you know, I don't know. I think my last order to come in was 200 knives that I, I had shipped over. So you're paying for 200 knives. You're sending money to somebody in a, another country that you've never met face to face. That's a little unnerving as well. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so, uh, that's a, uh, uh, but you know, so you got to find companies that you're, that you're confident in as well that have, uh, that are in, are in this business and, and this is what they do. So we have a, Primarily, we work with primarily with uh, one manufacturing partner that builds to, like I said, to our designs and our quality specifications. They really just do a great job for us. Um, and we've been very happy with what they're doing. Um, they're always happy to accept new designs and work with me on on how we're going to get those to market. So it, it's been just a really great experience as far as that goes. I'm in regular contact with them. As a matter of fact, they were just messaging me here a minute ago, um, asking me about where we're at with some other stuff. So it's a... Uh, um, it's been a lot of fun. And the best part about it is they've been super flexible with me being a small business, being a, uh, um, you know, it's me and my family run this business. Um, and so we, uh, 
you know, but they've been really flexible as far as that goes. So sometimes I can't do an order of 300 knives and I need to bring in just 20 or 30 knives and they're more than happy to work with me on that. And uh, so it's, it's been a really cool experience. The most challenging part really has been um, just one time delays, but really it's time delays as you're prototyping out products, right? Because again, they're on the other side of the world. So I'm like, here's the knife I want. And I send them some drawings and some specs on it. And I say, here's the type of steel I want to use. Here's the handle material I want. Here's the shape I want. And they'll send me back some computerized renderings and we'll come to an agreement on it. Then they'll build it and they'll ship it to me. And then I get it. And I'm like, no, no, this, this doesn't work. I need a whole bunch of things changed. And so there's this back and forth and, and that takes some time. So right now we're working on that. We're actually, well, I can't really talk about what we're working on because things get out too fast, but we've got a couple of products we're working on that have probably been in the works for nine months and probably won't come to market for at least another three or four months just because we are committed to making them happen correctly. Like if, uh, if I'm going to bring a, a product to market, I want it to be something good, something solid, something that I would be proud to own. Um, and so a lot of work goes into it on that. End. I don't know if that answers all your questions, but that's what I have to say about it, I guess. <laughs> oh, no, hey, hey, man, <laughs> you uh, you knocked enough of them out. People who listen here are like, yeah, that's uh, that's good. <laughs> like, <laughs> you, you do, like, you know, talking about <clears throat> so and I'm. I'm going to keep using this uh, this meat cleaver as a point of reference just because it's at, like I have it in my hands right now. And, you know, this to me, this this knife feels like like a bit of an art piece. Right. So the target demographic is, you know, me, the backyard cooks, you know, someone who's like you said, not going to be using it every day. The quality is not gone um, for it to be. For it to be made here in America and you're going to pay, like you said, three or four times as much, it's that is a hard pill to swallow. But I remember when I saw this knife on sale for $70, and I'm like, I, I, I got to have that. And I, I've used it a handful of times, and I'm like, this thing is stellar. It looks cool. It feels great. Works amazingly. Like, I'm like, <laughs> I, I, I did a little test. I, I took those little... um. What are those little like the small potatoes? What the hell are they called? They come in the, the little, little uh, red bag. Uh, yeah, the what, baby potatoes. Is that what you're thinking? That's what I call. Yeah, them. they're like the, the 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 baby. They got some other goofy name, but I was just like, I was like, this, this is insane, and it just, I mean, to me being the Becker connoisseur, I'm like. I'm not going to be able to get what the pros get, but I can get something very similar and I I, I got it. And I, I, you, you, if I never would have known these were made overseas, I like, I, if, if I never, like, I, I never heard that I never would have guessed because there's just quality craftsmanship in it. And I'm like the wood handle that they got and I've got I've got the wood handle, but some of the other series, like you know, like the Constellation series that you got on there, have like exquisite handles, and they look super cool. To me, as a consumer, yes, I want to buy American-made products, but I also want superior products. I have a very well-made product in my hands right now 
that, again, I didn't know where it was made. All I can see is how cool it is, the logo that's on it, and I know how well it works. And for the price I paid, I'm like, I'm 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 one of the happiest customers on the planet. <laughs> well, on the planet, but this is Spaceman Knives, so at a planet. <laughs> <laughs> it's, I don't know. It, it, to me, it's just, I understand it. You know, I like to support small business, and it's not like, it's not like if if you were you know any, anyone that's out there is going to get all mad you know because you're like oh you didn't buy this knife that this guy makes in his uh, garage and sells for four thousand dollars it's like no I bought a practical knife that looks awesome that I'm proud to have that I like to show off to friends and it supported a family who's local here who does some really cool shit and I do want to talk about uh how your kids have been filming some of your <laughs> some of your commercials cuz I enjoy those. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm like, man, it's to me it's I'm okay with that. And I'm to let you know I'm staying in solidarity with you. I bought some imported beer, right? <laughs> I am drinking Molson Canadian and I have a Knife that was imported from China, but it works. But I am also supporting an American business owner with both of those purchases. So I think um, I think that stigma of yeah, it's not made in America, like can really go the way of the dodo. Because as soon as you, I think that was a, I, I think that's a like a really big downfall is they go, oh well, it's made in China. That doesn't always mean that it's bad. You know, oh these things are Chinese made. It doesn't. You know, I. I I'm starting to lessen up on on that. Now, again, you know, before I get, you know, ridiculed, I want as many jobs in America. I want America to thrive because I'm an American. I want my country to thrive naturally. Like, I don't, I don't want us to go broke by any means. But when there are – just because they're made somewhere else doesn't mean they're not a superior product. And I'm telling everybody here – that this knife is fucking wonderful. And if all these knives from the end of time are manufactured in China and they're still this quality, I will still continue to buy them to the end of the uh, end of time that like, I, I'll say that right now, just because the price is right. The quality is correct. I'm happy. They look cool. Like I don't, I don't, <laughs> I don't know the where else I gotta I, go with that. <laughs> the other thing I like to point out to people is one of the points that you're 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 making there as well is that, uh, you know, yeah, it, the manufacturing process happens somewhere else, but we're still a U.S. based business. Yes. Um, I live in North Dakota. Um, right now we're still a fairly small operation, but I mean we yeah we're a very busy small operation right now. It's um, all family. Um, so everybody that's employed by Spaceman Nice's family, it's, uh, you know, my wife, my kids, and uh, it's a family affair as far, as far as all that goes. But all the all the money we make from it um, either goes back into the company or it goes into the U.S. economy. You know, we go to the grocery store. We go to, you know, wherever the case might be. And, you know, a lot like you're saying, you know, we have a passion for uh, the small mom and pop shops. You know, we like to go to our little downtown area and spend money down there and, and support these other small business owners as well, because we know how big of a struggle that can be. Um, so while one aspect of our business is, I mean, for lack of a better term, it's basically outsourced, right? We had to outsource it overseas for cost effectiveness. We would love to bring that back to stateside at some point and employ people in the United States. 
But right now, still all of our profits are for the most part staying right here in the United States. So it's a, uh, you know, I, I don't know. I think uh, there's a lot of small businesses out there right now that are have similar business models and they're doing their best to make a go of it. So uh, like you said, if the quality's there, if the value's there, um, a lot of times you can still support those businesses and feel good about it. And I, and I absolutely do. Again, I'm drinking a Molson. <laughs> not not that they're a struggling uh, company by any means, but yeah, it's have about four more, and I'll sell you some more knives. <laughs> Dude. I uh, I went back and read those because uh, I was like looking back for your email, and I went back. I'm like, ooh, Jesus, I was trashed. And <laughs> <laughs> I love you're just awake, like I. And now, now here's here, here's the golden question. Now, here's where we'll start getting into the uh, getting strange portion here, <laughs> and th- th- this will be really fun because, uh, like I said, this podcast can kind of go anywhere. When I started messaging you, like, and you were responding like back like pretty quick, were you just like, "Oh, what the? F- what is this idiot talking about?" Or were you like, oh, "I'm kind of intrigued. We'll see where this goes." Uh, you know, uh, what one of the uh, one of my favorite parts of the business is really getting to know people. Uh, you know, the uh, uh, one, when, when we first started this company, somebody told me right, right off the bat that, Hey, you know, if you're starting your own company, one of the things you need to know is your friends and family don't become customers, but your customers will become friends and family. And that, that's really been one of the most fun parts for me is really just getting to know people. So when somebody messages me something weird, I tend have a tendency to see where it's going to go. Um, <laughs> and, you know, I, I'm friends with a lot of people uh, that have messaged me initially about knives, and they've never bought a knife. But you know, it's uh, one of those things where you just get to know people, and uh, the connections you make—it's absolutely fantastic. Uh, you know, and um, it's—it was been a really interesting month as far as that goes, because as these relationships have developed, you know, you start people—you know—they they get to know you, and they want you to be a part of their lives in other ways. So um, I've been invited on. Uh, hunting trips i've been invited uh to go to college baseball games coming up i've been you know anyway and it's it's just one of those things where you know that's kind of a relationship you start with build with build with people so yeah I, i'm always game to talk to people um i will admit that initial conversation we had was kind of uh it was a bit bizarre and uh but it made me laugh i was laughing hey <laughs> I, I i it just dude i was so somebody said uh Drunk people need a breathalyzer on their phone, <laughs> so they don't. <laughs> I definitely should have one. <laughs> that, uh, you know, it's a helped in my vehicle. Wink, wink. <laughs> but, <laughs> but yeah, I I remember that. I I remember that conversation. I remember it going that way, and I played some Call of Duty games. Paused it, bought the knives, went back to playing, woke up, forgot I had did it until you sent me that. I was like, what did I do? And I was like, oh, yeah, that's super cool. <laughs> <laughs> and then I remember I was talking a couple uh, couple days after that, and I go, I, I think it was a couple days after I got the got the, got the the knife, and I'm like, dude, I, I got to get another one of these. I'm like, ah, shit, I'm like, I don't got any bills, and I get paid on Thursday, and you go, hey, it's Thirsty Thursday. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, I was like, I think this dude's been around the block a couple times. So, not saying I take advantage of my customers, but hey, you're. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> oh no, I set myself up for that. I I laughed about that. I was like, dude, that's amazing. Um, 
No, and I'm I'm for sure treating myself to a, another knife around Christmas time, and it's gonna be to me from it's gonna be to Steve from Drunk Steve. <laughs> <laughs> Which, but it's um, it's it, it it's cool because my my passion my 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 passion for for cooking is really just I I, I don't know it. One of my favorite things to do in this life is like share things that I'm passionate about, whether it be music, um, pro wrestling, which a lot of people aren't into, but like cooking and anything that has to do with cooking. So, uh, if I can cook something for people and they enjoy it, like that's one of the, one of the best things in my life. That's why I do stand up comedy. If I can, tell a joke that makes me laugh inside and makes other people laugh. Like that is the greatest thing ever. So for me to have like a really cool, and I, like I consider a lot of your knives show pieces because if you bust those things out at a barbecue, people are going to be like, what in the fuck is that? And you're like, yo, check this out because some of them have like these very cool, intricate designs with like the blue handles or the blades got some really cool designs on them. For me, if I'm going to be preparing a meal for friends and family, you know, and I get to, like, show off, yeah, the cooking, and this is how I get to cut it, and now you get to slice it nice. So, you know, if you're cutting ribs, like, you don't have to, like, sit there and, like, gouge them, you know, with a dull knife or anything like that. It's just, to me, that's that's uh, that's the happier times of my life so uh i'm sorry i'm losing uh i'm losing hearing in my uh (laughs) in my left my uh my headset started like bugging out and i started losing hearing in my left sorry uh fuck was i going with that more more technical difficulties yeah this uh this these headphones are getting ready to uh to go bye-bye too um yeah what the fuck was i I was going with that yeah i was talking about uh yeah when you you know, you get to share share passions, and when you uh, when you have a nice product, you know, a nice meal, everybody's happy. It's happy times. I think uh, after the past couple of years that we've had, treating yourself and having good times with other people is not a bad thing. I, it's it's not a bad thing. I agree. You know, and one of the things we always say in our house is that food is love. Um, I'm a bit of an antisocial person by nature in real life, but, uh, you know, if I can prepare a meal and I can sit back and I can watch people, uh, you know, you know, you did a good job when everybody at the table just gets silent because they're too busy eating, you know, nobody's talking because they're too busy eating. And, uh, you know, there's something special about that, that moment where everybody's just enjoying the food that you've, you've spent, you know, especially in the case of barbecue, sometimes hours and hours and hours preparing. And, uh, uh, you know, for that to be appreciated is really a special thing, you know, for, and the, just, there's something special behind that whole, uh, nourishing people side of it that, uh, it's kind of this intangible piece of, you know, really truly giving back and, and sharing something that you put a lot of love and energy into, um, that people then get to enjoy. So I agree with you wholeheartedly. And as far as the knife side of it, I tell people all the time that, a good knife will not make you a better cook, but it will give you a better experience when you cook. And, and I'm a firm believer in that, you know, that, that nice slice instead of trying to saw through something and, uh, 
it, it really just does provide an entirely different experience. Like I said, it won't make you a better cook, but it will give you a, a better experience. And sometimes uh, the people that are visiting with you as well, right? Because like you said, you pull out one of these knives and, and people automatically recognize the quality of it. And then, um, and like I said, you know, like you said, some of them are a little bit fancy and it's uh, something that definitely draws people in and, and creates some conversation around just that part. Um, let alone the food and everything else that you prepared. So it, it can definitely be a very special, uh, special thing to share. Yeah. And you have a, uh, you have no idea how long I've been waiting. So it's been deer season. Uh, so when I got this knife, it was like, eh, right, right. Tail end of rut trying to get out every weekend. Uh, I haven't had time to take a weekend to do like ribs or anything, but man, I have been waiting and waiting because I always buy, I always buy spare ribs, and you know when you got to go through the chime bone. I've been waiting to take that cleaver through one just to be like, yes, like not have to, not have to sit there and fight it. Like I've just been waiting because I know it's just gonna go, well, cleared off, good to go. Cut those other tooth off. So that's for me. I geek out on things like that where. I got, like I said, when I got that knife, I got super excited to either butterfly, when I first got it, butterfly those chicken breasts, but, like, I'm really, really waiting to trim up some ribs with this thing, and that's, it's it's one of the nerdiest things about me, and I remember I told a friend of mine, they're like, is that is that really what's exciting you in life right now? I go, yes, <laughs> and... I, I I don't know. Like you, you you're into barbecue. It's hard to explain to people outside of that why you're so passionate about it. Like when you look at my YouTube, and I'm I'm like I'm dead serious. My YouTube is nothing but pro wrestling, like meat videos and golf reviews, like golf club reviews, golf ball reviews. <laughs> <laughs> and I remember I was dating this girl about like a year and a half ago. Oh God, I miss her so much. I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, she's like, "All right, well, let's see what's uh, on your YouTube." And I'm like, "Okay, that's fine." And I'm in the bathroom, and I go, "Oh shit!" Like I'm trying to impress this girl, and I forgot that like I left my YouTube open to her. And she looks at all the shit I got, and she goes, "Did you seriously watch like?" the last nine videos you watched were golf ball reviews. And I go, eh, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> but I'm like, I, I geek, I, like, I geek out to that. And I like, if I get a, uh, you know, if, if I, if you were to like pull up like a brand new brisket knife and I get it, I would get that knife and I'd be like, I'm not opening this until I get a brisket and can slice it. Like that's the, that's the type of nerdy level that I'm on, but it makes me happy. So I just go with it. Hey, you know that that Meteor Series does come with a brisket slicer as well, right? I did see... No, wait, what did I see? What was the... What's the combo kit you got on right now? Is that the... That's not the Meteor Series. Is it the Comet Series where it's got the... It's got the slicing knife and... It was the carving series. What oh, yeah, the, the, the Soul Series. The Soul Series carving set that has a, a knife and a, and a carving fork with it. Is okay. that what you mean? Yeah, that that that's the one I saw earlier today. I didn't I didn't see the brisket knife. There's a meteor brisket knife. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Twelve inches of just really awesome. <laughs> just just a lot of awesome. 
12 inches of awesome. And <laughs> <laughs> name your porno. <laughs> I, uh, I, I, I would say, how did I miss that? But, uh, pretty evident from how we uh how i first bought this knife how i might have missed that <laughs> you know what i do what's that i said it could definitely happen that way that's for sure yeah, no shit. <laughs> just like i missed all those red flags on my ex god i miss her so much uh <laughs> let's uh i i do want to switch gears here's something i really uh am really curious about uh, because you mentioned it started as Spaceman Barbecue. Uh, give me a little background on how you came up with the the, the Spaceman Empire. You want to call it now? Yeah, how, how I came up with Spaceman. So that's a. I wish that there was something really cool behind it where I could be like, yeah, you know, back when I was working for NASA, but really that would that would just be a lie. Um, <laughs> so. What, what really happened is I, I'd been into barbecue for a few years and had gotten to kind of this point where I knew I wanted to up my game. Like I wanted to go to the next level. So I was, um, I'd ordered a custom built stick burner that, um, out of, from a, a guy in Tulsa, Oklahoma, that he was custom building for me and shipping across the United States to me. And, uh, I was like, man, I'm going to do some cool stuff. And I want to do some barbecue competitions. And, you know, I had all these big plans of what I was going to do with it. And um, uh, where I was living at, at the time, I was living in Oregon at the time. And there was a big barbecue competition, fairly local to me, within an hour. And uh, so I was reading their um, their rules uh, of the competition. I was like, you know what, I'm going to read the rules so I know what I'm doing. And there was an entire section of the rules, like more print than I thought was necessary about how to determine a team name. And there was an entire section on there if there was a conflict in team names. And I was like, I never even thought about there being like needing a team name for one, let alone there being a conflict in team names. Like two people show up to the barbecue competition, they have the same team name. Like, okay. So I'm reading that through. And it basically it comes down to whoever can show they've been using the name the longest um, gets to use that name. And one of the ways you could show you'd use the name the longest would, was by having a social media page. And I was like, oh, well, that's easy enough. Even if I never post to it, as long as I post one picture and say this has been my name on social media for since this date, you know, that, that's fine. So uh, I started, like, flipping through Instagram. I, I had a personal Instagram account that I hardly ever used. And I was like, you know, this is a cool place to see pictures and do different stuff because it was mainly a, a picture app at that point. And uh, it's like, this, this would be fun. And. Uh, and I start finding all these barbecue accounts. I'm like, these are cool. I'm like, I'm going to, you know, I think my team name would be this. And I start punching all these in and like all the cool names are already taken, right? Like all the names I'm thinking of are taken. And I was watching a space movie. It was probably one thirty, two o'clock in the morning. I don't even remember what space movie it was. It was, you know, interstellar or one of those, you know, fairly newer, um, you know, within the last 10, 15 years movies and, uh, that took place in space. And, so I put in Spaceman Barbecue literally as a placeholder. Like it was just going to be like, I'm like, I'll change it later, right? When I decide what I want it to be. And I just posted a picture of my my smoker because I had a picture of it in production, like as the guy was building it. And I posted a picture of that. And then from there, you know, I went and liked some pages and I commented on some people's stuff and was kind of like, hey, you know, this is kind of fun. And uh, posted a couple more barbecue pictures to it. And pretty soon... Um, Again, we're talking right about the time COVID hit. Um, then all of a sudden, there were no more uh, 
there, there were more, no more barbecue competitions. Basically, all of them got shut down for that first year. So here I have this new smoker coming that I was going to use in competitions, and there are no competitions happening. And so it, it kind of took all that energy and placed it uh, towards Instagram and started just communicating with people on Instagram, just like we were talking about in person, sharing food with people. Um, Instagram has a certain aspect of that as well, right? Like you uh, post a picture or a video and you get that dopamine hit from people liking and commenting and asking you questions. And um, I, I got on that ride. And because it was right at the beginning of COVID, my account grew pretty fast. So um, I went from having zero followers to like, I, I remember when I hit a hundred followers and I was like, wow, that's really cool. I never thought I'd have a hundred people that wanted to look at my barbecue. And it just kept growing from there. And now that barbecue page, um, I think we have somewhere in the neighborhood of uh, 13 or 14,000 followers on it. But that's kind of where it started from, um, was from that and seeing this passion around barbecue that I hadn't really seen before. Like, you know, I'd seen the shows on TV and I knew that I enjoyed it. And I knew that there were other people out there that enjoyed it. But to find this entire community on social media um, that was as passionate, if not more passionate about it than I was, was really a cool thing. And uh, so it's been a lot of fun. Yeah, I've uh, I've gotten the pleasure to meet, uh, well, not like meet, but got to know some cats that, again, like their social media game is killer. And they're the nicest people on the planet. You know, it can answer all your questions. Um, the big homie, uh, Traeger Daddy, I remember mm-hmm. I connected with him. And this is this is where the community is like a community. He would always post some like just killer video clips, but he would have hip hop with it. And I'm a huge hip hop junkie, like a huge hip hop junkie. And it wouldn't be like, you know, whatever was hot on TikTok at the time, whatever was like hot now, like he'd be posting some of his video. Like I'd be scrolling through my feed and I would see like a a video with his or like a a story, his, and he's like rocking ghost face killer. And I'm like, Oh, okay. Start and then, like you know, I just kind of started liking his stuff. We were going back and forth, and we started talking. And yeah, it turns out he's uh, he's one of the greatest dudes I've ever met. You know, me and him talk every single day, and it got to a point where we don't even talk barbecue anymore. <laughs> like right. it's just, uh, and when I um, it it, it kind of got that way when I was a uh, once part of working class bow hunter. You know, I got to meet some of my heroes like. Like I got to meet Travis T Bone Turner, and I'm like, oh, holy shit, you know. And we like we talked on a podcast, and we kind of met in person at a show, and then we met at like another show. We like got to sit down and just meet, and it, it, it was weird. Like me and him were like really good friends too, and it's the hunting community and the barbecue community. It's just when you find yourself in a community, it. It's again, it's that dopamine because you know you've got someone's always going to have your back. They're going to be loving what you do. They're there to help you out. And I think it's just, it's as humans, we really, really need that. And especially during a time of pandemic where, as, as barbecuing is, usually you barbecue when there's people around. Like you're barbecuing for a crowd of people. Pandemic hit and no one was supposed to hang out with each other. That's a very, very big hit on the barbecue community. Like you said, you bought this smoker so you can go to competitions. Those are no more. 
the whole reason you buy a big grill is so you can have big cookouts. Those are no more. But the barbecue barbecue community thrived, and it matter of fact, it grew. I mean, it grew to the point where there's so many companies out there, so many products, and they're just out here making making a huge difference. You know, I know for yeah. me personally, I was going through a lot of shit, and I've, I've had probably one of the roughest years of my life, but one of the consistent things is I'm like, man, I know, well, not during deer season, but, like, I know that I don't have to go out to try to drink my pain away uh, on the weekends. I can drink real early and then go to bed early, but I get to wake up and like Saturdays and Sundays, man, I can dedicate to just smoking meat all day. And, you know, there's just, it's to me, I think I found what I've been missing in like my whole life. Like I I always, I always knew my life was never going to be like that normal, you know, get into a relationship when you're 23, get married by 25, 26, you know, have kids, do like the weekend couple things, which I know a lot of people that live that life and they're the happiest people on the planet. I'm so happy to see them. I was never going to have that um, because I, I just, I, 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 I don't know. I just, I think I knew I was never going to have that, but when I discovered waking up early and throwing meat on the grill was one of the greatest feelings in the world. Like when you can wake up at 5 a.m., brew a pot of, co- pot of coffee, season some pork butts, get them on, and just like throw them on there, sipping your coffee back. Like, man, this is going to be awesome in a couple hours. There is a feeling there that I've only felt, you know, a couple other times in my life. But it's just, it's one of those this is what I need to be doing. You know, this is what I work five days a week for. This is what I put all those hours in to be able to wake up early, still work, you know, still put that work in, but it's not that hard work. But then at the end of the day, after you woke up before everybody else is up, put that work in, they sit down, they get to enjoy the fruits of your labor. And you see the smile on their face, dude, that's that, that's the shit. That's, that that's that dopamine that I'm looking for. Yeah, that's what it's all about right there. Is you know, uh, you spend time uh, truly creating something, and for it to come out and be something that makes other people have a moment of happiness is, is something really special for sure. And uh, you know, and I, I will say both on and off Instagram, the barbecue community, for the most part, is a really supportive community um there's always bad actors in any community out there oh yeah uh, but that's uh you know for the most part barbecue people are all out there to support each other um so if you go and you look at even some of the bigger posts out there you know the ones that really blow up and go viral the comments from barbecue people are almost always supportive any negative comments are usually coming from outside the barbecue community because mm-hmm. uh they're really all out there to support each other help each other up you know the uh the, rising tide lifts all boats type of mentality of, you know, we can, we can all be better if we all work together on this. And there is some amazing food being created out there right now. Um, really because of uh, a big part of that social media, you know, people are constantly pushing the bounds of what you should and shouldn't do with food. And it's, uh, turned into some incredible things. I, I, um, (laughs) I've been wanting to bring this guy up for for a while, like when you're talking about pushing the bounds, and I didn't know how I 
thought about him until a guy I really enjoy did a video with him. So, uh, well, here's here's the thing. Um, uh, Bradley from Chud's Barbecue. I didn't know what I thought about him at first, but then it turned out like he was like one of my favorite guys. I watch him <laughs> yeah. all the time. He went and uh, and did some videos with a, with a Guga. Mm-hmm. And I didn't know what I thought about Google. I was like, I, I, because I, 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 I didn't know where I sat with with Chuds, but it turns out I, I love watching his content. Uh, he did like behind the scenes with Guga, and like you find out Guga is like one of the coolest dudes on the planet. So I'm like, all right, I'll go with it. And no later than like what, like two months after, I see this video, and he's like, because they're in Florida. And I guess mm-hmm. his nephews knew some guy and pythons they want gone from Florida. So what do they do? Uh, they decided to cook a python. <laughs> I'm like, I, I I saw it. I'm like, I'm I'm weird. I'm very weird. I'm like one of the weirdest people on the planet. Uh, the only person who really loved me was my ex. God, I miss her so much. Uh <laughs> <laughs> up on her i'm not sure but you might want to talk to <laughs> I'm, only, I'm only doing callbacks because it gets you to laugh that's the only reason why i'm doing it <laughs> but uh he did a he did a python video where he like he cooked it i'm like it's not normally something i'd watch but it's kind of weird it's kind of new and now you got to think of it so me being a hunter i'm like this is an invasive species obviously you don't want pythons there, but if you're going to kill them, you got to do something with them. Are they yep. edible? Find out. It yep. turn, turns out they kind of are. Yeah. What else did he oh, I, he... On occasion, I work with a company out of Florida called Hanson's Alligator. Um, and their specialty is actually removing nuisance al- alligators, but on occasionally those alligators have to be dispatched. And, uh, they do a, a gator fest every year down in Florida. I'm really hoping I can make it uh, this next year. But uh, um, we've sponsored it for a couple of years. and We've been one of the sponsors a couple of years in a row now. And uh, they give away our knives as prizes. And uh, in turn, I usually get an alligator shipped to my house. And I'll tell you, that was one of the most fun cooks I've ever had. Um, I'd eaten alligator before, but to cook an, a whole alligator on the smoker was really a cool experience. And uh, had a lot of friends and neighbors over, um, mainly because they wanted to see what I was doing. And I remember it got out that I was going to cook an alligator. And uh, you know what? It got it got eaten. That, that's what I will say about it. It got eaten. Hey. It kind of tastes like <laughs> coffee chicken, but it was uh, <laughs> it got eaten. <laughs> so, uh, you know, like I, was, like I was talking about my buddy uh, Trigger Daddy earlier. He did an alligator, uh, which I was like. I because I and he sent me like before before he posted it he goes hey don't show this to anybody and he sent me a picture and I'm like what the fuck is that and like I knew what it was it, it, here's here's I, I wish I could read you a text like what the fuck is that he goes an alligator with a couple question marks I go no I know what it is but what the fuck and uh, he did it he he said it was super cool he's like it was kind of a challenge for him to do that and then another really really good human that is in the uh in the cooking world that i've gotten to know and he's been on the show um before as a jonathan barbecue they did one and it was kind of cool to pick their brains because one lives in arizona the other one lives in new mexico 
And they were talking about like how easy it was to to smoke it, right? You know, which is nice. You know, not having a one's a obviously a pellet grill guy, and the other one's a, a pellet grill, but he does like an offset too. And it's super funny talking to guys that you know use that method of cooking down where it's 110 degrees. So your smoker is always preheated to 110 degrees. <laughs> so, right. But I'm like. Up here where, you know, if if I wanted to go smoke a brisket this weekend, it's gonna be probably and now I'm now I'm in Iowa. Uh I, I forgot to look at the temperature. Uh da, da, da. oh that doesn't tell the week. Well it's thirty degrees now, so you can just assume it's gonna be thirty degrees. And you're in North Dakota, I'm sure it's probably that, if not colder. Uh it's not so easy to barbecue <laughs> up this way <laughs> like it is down there. You know, it's... you know, I have a goal this year because this is this will be my first full winter in North Dakota, and my goal is to cook something on my stick burner on the coldest day of the year in in North Dakota. So it's it's actually a goal of mine to do exactly that. Now I don't know if I'll do a brisket. I'll probably do something that cooks a little faster than a brisket. Uh, but but yeah, that's my goal. <laughs> that's, that's, that's what I was gonna ask. What are you what are you what are you gonna cook? Like what? Uh... Now are you gonna? St- now here's a here here's a challenge for you. Are you going are you going to do it in the middle of the night? Is it gonna be uh, is it gonna be an overnight cook? Are you gonna start in the middle of the night, you gonna start in the morning? No, I probably won't do anything that takes that long. Uh it, you know, because I think the record low here is like fifty seven below. I don't know if we're gonna hit that this year, but that that's that that's really, really, really cold. <laughs> so uh <laughs> but they regularly see twenty six, thirty below uh in that range. So um I'll probably do something like a tri-tip, uh, something that I can typically get done in two and a half, three hours, you know, just to avoid the frostbite and whatnot. But yeah, I probably won't be doing a brisket on the stick burner overnight or anything like that. That's uh, I do have some sanity. Yeah. So. <laughs> I mean, because at that point, man, it's almost a, a waste of wood just just trying to trying to prove a point, you know. But it's a cool idea. Are you going to film it? Or are you going to? point so i don't know <laughs> <laughs> um oh, oh speaking of uh who's gonna film it want to talk about uh your kids doing your commercials for you yeah i love that <laughs> what is it what is, what is your boy's name is it g money or is it g dollar sign we call him G Money. That's what we call. Him. <laughs> I saw. I saw because he did the, uh, the the spaceman helmet and. I uh I, w- I was reading I couldn't couldn't get the sound to pop onto my phone but I was just like is that G money or G dollar sign because either yeah, one works we, um every single one of my kids has a nickname so uh, yeah that one's G money uh, my other son that did a commercial we call him Moose and it was a uh, it, it was kind of funny Moose was working on a commercial he's only ten he was he, you know here he is filming a commercial for the knife business uh, putting in a reel and uh, he. Uh, and uh, pretty soon I see G Money, who's 16. I see him walking by with a fog machine and a space helmet. And I'm like, <laughs> oh, <it's not." laughs> so, is that, is yeah. that you, you just got the two boys? Or did you have, did you say you had three kids? I have five. I have five, five boys. Good. Bro. You got five boys? Five boys. Dude, golly. The oldest is 16. How's the youngest? Uh, well, no, the oldest is 22. Oh, oh. Uh, oh. Young- Youngest is ten. Phew, man, <laughs> dude, you've been busy for about twelve years, man. 
for about 22 years. <laughs> well, I'm I'm saying, I'm saying between 22 and 10, there was a 12 year span where you were busy. <laughs> uh, what's, uh, now did, did they all move up to North Dakota with you or? No, no. Uh, we, we've got three kids here right now. Um, one of them is about to head off to college here, uh, for uh, spring semester. So he'll head out the end of this month or early January for college. So we'll just have the two at home at that point. Oh, there you go. So yeah, you guys get a little bit of a little bit of leeway. Uh, right. but... it's like having none at all at our house. <laughs> <laughs> now, do they, um, is your like warehouse like at the house or do you guys got a separate warehouse or do you need to like take the kids like, all right, after work, we got to go to the, uh, go to the shop and put some, uh, put some hard times in kids. <laughs> no, we, we warehouse at the house. We, uh, when we bought a Dakota, we specifically bought one with enough room for us to warehouse everything that we needed to warehouse. Um, and, uh, so far it's working out pretty good. Um, there's a, there's a, uh, you can see it in quite a few of my videos on my Instagram page there. You'll see me working in working in the what we call the the knife shop. So it's a big wood paneled room with I don't know, it's got huge ceilings. It's got like twelve foot ceilings in here. I have seen that, yes. Okay. Yeah. It's a it's a big room. And but yeah, that's our that's our, our shop slash warehouse slash uh it's really where I do most everything as far as the knife business goes. Man, it's cool, and I I like that the family's getting involved. You know, the the filming of videos, the you know, I'm sure I'm sure if it's it's going to be getting around Christmas time where there's going to be a lot of orders, so everybody's going to be, hey, nope, don't go to your room and watch Netflix. We got to go box of orders, which yep. can be kind of fun, we man. He's put on Christmas music and <laughs> put on Christmas music. We got a TV in here. Well, you know we. We do what we got to do, um, you know, and but one of the things we always prioritize is we do make sure we spend time as a family where we're not working. So oh, yeah. we think that's important. we always find time, you know, even if it's watching a 30 minute show or something like that, we make everybody plop down and watch a show together. And then we all get up and, you know, again, my kids are in school, so they've got homework. They've got this and that. But um, they're always willing to help out when I need when I need them. So it's it's it's, it's been great. And I, like I love hearing that. Uh Family is like such an important thing, and I've uh, you know, th- th- this last year I lost uh, <clears throat> lost my uh, lost my best friend, and he uh, he had a family. Uh, which, by the way, you know, I usually do this at the uh, end of uh, every episode. And I'm not trying to bring this episode to a halt, but while it's on my mind, um, guys out there. 988 is the number if you ever feel like, you know, you might not want to be on this earth anymore. Uh, 988, call that 24 hours a day, 365 days a year. You can text it, call it, or if you know somebody who's uh, who's thinking about taking their own lives, please reach out. Do that. You are more loved here. So um, I have to – I. I my little part in this world anymore is I, I gotta I gotta make sure everybody's uh everybody's okay, but um not to not to halt that completely, but you know, when you're talking about family, one of the um one of the coolest things I did this uh this past weekend was uh you know, my uh my nephew he he's my nephew, you know, my buddy Brad's boy. He he goes, uh Uncle Steve, you come to see me uh do some deck hockey? I go, 
yeah, I can. Uh, and I was sick all week. I'm like, yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll make it out. I was like, I wanted to take that day to smoke some meat. I'm like, that's what my passion was. But he asked me if I wanted to come out. And he, I'm like, what time's your game? He's like, 1130. I go, bet. I show up at 1132. <laughs> I was like, <laughs> I, I severely underestimated how far away it was. I get there and uh, <laughs> and he's playing. And, you know, like his uh, his old man, you know, my my fucking brother, brother Brad, got rest his soul. I miss that motherfucker so much. Really, I miss him. I miss him. I don't miss my ex. That's <laughs> that's the joke. But we go to this uh, hockey game, and I, I, and I, I straight up told him, I was like, hey, don't make me waste time. You better win a championship because I wanted to smoke some ribs. He's like, I got, I got you, <laughs> Uncle Steve. First five seconds of their game, the team runs down and scores a goal, and I was like, "Yeah, you know, I was like, yeah, it's whatever. It's deck hockey. It's a bunch of you know, uh, it's a bunch of overweight guys who used to play hockey back in their day." It's five seconds in, <laughs> the ball drops. Five seconds later, my nephew Christian just is slamming a goal and then runs right by me and points at me. I'm like, "Oh shit! All right." <laughs> so. I was like, that's kind of cool. And I remember that first game, he ends up scoring a game winner. And I'm like, all right, I I, I got to stay for this. And, you know, that was like one of the first times in my adult life that I had I had some other things I had to do. I had to go uh, over to a friend of mine's house, and she had some siding that blew off, which I was like, hey, just put it back up there and put a nail in it. Super easy. But I went and did it for her. <laughs> She's like, can you just come do it? Yes. Yes, I got it. I got it. No big deal. Yeah. But, you know, I was only expecting to be there. It was like, hey, it's two 10-minute periods. I'm like, okay, your game starts at 1130. I will be there to 20 minutes, maybe a five-minute buffer. Okay, cool. In and out in an hour. When they started winning games, I'm like, all right, I'm going to stay for the next one. I'm going to stay for the next one. I'm going to be here and... To see him win a chance, like it's not, it wasn't like it was a big championship giveaway and there's like a big trophy, but to him, it was the biggest deal in the world. And to me, being there, as soon as I saw that clock wind down and hit zero, dude, I started like crying. I was like, man, <laughs> and he comes out to like hug me. He's crying too. I'm like, go celebrate with your team. And like his his girlfriends are right there, and she's like, "I'll give you two a minute." You know, I'm like, "It's you know, I don't know, man." I you often forget about a lot of very important things, but family is always going to be the most important thing, no matter what you got to do, no matter what you're doing. It was like in that moment that I was like. Dude, I, like, I forgot how important family was. And then he sent me a message later when I was uh, – and I left and I went and met up with some friends and I read it and started crying again. <laughs> <I'm> <laughs> like, it, it's, it's, it, it, it's one of those things. But, you know, you forget how important family is. And family don't always have to be blood. You know, we've talked about it a couple times here with, like, the, the community – you know, your family is helping you with the business. I know there's a there. I, I know it's probably not a whole everything but ups. There's ups, downs. You know, they're all working together. I'm sure most families are trying to uh, 
you know, have the best time this Christmas season. I'm sure it's going to be very stressful for you uh, being trying to get orders out and things like that. But your family's right there. And it's just it's it, 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 it's so it's so fucking important. And I don't normally get this sentimental, uh, but I haven't really opened up about that story about Sunday yeah. to anyone except you and my mother. <laughs> so sorry, sorry for that podcast but uh it's a no man i think that's great and uh you know kudos to you for staying involved with that family and you know i i've also uh had people very close to me that have unfortunately uh taken their own lives so uh you know i i know somewhat what you're going through and it's uh one of those things that sticks with you for a really long time and um you know Again, that that pain never really goes away, but you get used to it, and you get and, and you learn to live with it. Um, but to your point, you know, if if you can prevent it, we need to prevent it. So, uh, you know, like you said, uh, dial that nine eight eight line. Let's uh, get the help you need. Um, there's no there's no shame in needing some help on occasion. We all do. Yeah, absolutely. Um, let me uh, let me do the everybody a favor, and I'm not I'm not trying to steer away from this by any stretch of the imagination but um to uh to keep in and by the way by the way if you do feel that way and you don't feel like you want to dial that number and you want to reach out to me and you need me to be there with you to do it please fucking do please fucking do um i'll be there to help in any way um but I do want to transition to this wouldn't be a getting strange episode if we didn't get into obviously there's a reason why I followed you and then I was happy that I followed you spaceman aspects <laughs> we're gonna take this uh, this part of the podcast uh and we're gonna we're gonna see where it goes yeah. we're, we're gonna get into a little bit of the deep conspiracy things that you might believe in and we'll see we'll see where you're at uh so obviously now i know where you got the name from and i was like not i'm not i'm, I'm not disappointed i was curious but more curious but anticlimactic i haven't been abducted i haven't been to space yet right so. but the more pressing question do you believe in aliens and or have you ever seen a UFO? Um, yes, I believe in, in aliens from the standpoint that I believe uh, there's a very, very high likelihood. I think the universe is much too big and much too vast to, for us to be the only intelligent beings out there. Um, statistically, it just doesn't make sense that we would somehow um, sprout up with intelligent life on this planet and it wouldn't happen anywhere else in an infinite universe. It just doesn't make any sense. So um, I believe that there's definitely life on other planets. Um, I can't say that I've truly seen a UFO. Um, however, I do have a bit of a UFO story that it may have been a UFO, may not have been. Um, I, it was, it was, I guess it was definitely an unidentified flying object and it's back in my Boy Scout day. And uh, we were on a camping and we were, you know, being Boy weren't in our tent when we were supposed to be by any means. And we'd gone for a little night hike just for fun and came up over a ridge and 
there were three big lights hanging fairly low in the sky and then they just disappeared. And we all saw it. We all acknowledged we all saw it. And we all acknowledged that we would never talk about it again because everybody would think we were crazy. And uh, so <laughs> that, that's a UFO story. Um, everything else I've seen that I thought might be a, a UFO, unfortunately, was explained. Um, I saw a really cool floating light one time and turned out somebody had just uh, put up a Chinese lantern and a Chinese lantern had floated across. <laughs> uh, that was a bit disappointing. Um, but yeah, no, it's uh, so I've only got the, the one UFO story. Um, and, uh, but, you know, I've always been fascinated by space, just this um, in- impossible to comprehend idea of it just basically going on forever and ever and ever and ever for the most part. And it's, uh, and the idea that there's so much out there that we can't see um, and, and haven't had a chance to explore yet. But, you know, some of these, uh, I, I, again, I'm a geek about this stuff. Um, some of the new images coming from the web telescope are oh, absolutely yeah. amazing ass has been posting i share those to my stories sometimes and uh yeah man it's uh you know we're we're getting closer and closer every day to being able to get out there and see what's really out there hey, and, I, and that's exciting the, the the james webb stuff is amazing and <laughs> this is how um now you know what i'm not gonna expose myself i found out who uh, james webb was like a couple days ago on tiktok because <laughs> i didn't realize he was part of the first apollo mission i was like Oh, yep. shit, that's who that is. <laughs> that's why it was important. That's why we named it after. Got it. <laughs> that, that's the James Webb telescope. Oh, okay. I thought he was just some, you know, guy. Uh, here's here, here's a question I want to impose. And I, I don't know. Do you, do you believe in ghosts at all? Yeah. Yeah, I do. I do. Okay. You this podcast man but hopefully your listeners appreciate a little bit of crazy <laughs> oh dude i'm telling you this is what it's all about man like this is this is why people tune in because they want to hear this this part of it like this is where they want to get to um but think about this if uh if ghosts exist that would indicate that there's some sort of afterlife right and i'm not you know if you're uh you know, if you if you believe you know where you're going in the afterlife, I'm happy for you. I'm, I'm glad. You know, I grew up Catholic. Like that's that's all well and good. But I want to state some facts here that it just crossed my mind. If um if ghosts are part of the afterlife, and obviously when you move on to the afterlife, you know, there's a whole thing like oh, you know, then. You, you move on to the the afterlife and it, it depends on depends on uh what you believe but there's always some core truth to there's life after death why is it that if the universe is infinite that when someone dies in a certain place that they stay there like have you ever well, thought about that <laughs> I don't think I actually know the answer to that. Um, oh, I'm not. But, I'm, you know, no, I'm, no, I'm sorry. I wasn't asking you a straight question. <laughs> I was like, but, do you have the answer to this? <laughs> yeah. Actually, no, uh, no I think that, uh, I, I don't know, man. I think that uh, that's one of the great things about it, right? That's that's the great thing about conversations about aliens and about ghosts and all that kind of stuff is, is because stuff we can't answer right now. We don't have the technology we don't have the knowledge we don't have uh any any of the things that we would need to really be able to answer that question right now and that's what makes it such a big mystery and uh that's what makes guys like you and me love it it's like you know we love to ponder that kind of stuff because 
we know that nobody can give us a real answer about it. Right. Like, it's like, you know, it's, uh, but uh, one of these days, you know, uh, we're, we're, we learn a little bit more every day. Right. Just oh. like, uh, not, not uh, jumping back to space real quick, you know, think about how many things we are going to learn about space and the solar system and all of that from the James Webb telescope. I mean, it's, 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 incredible the things we're learning already with uh with the different light frequencies and stuff it can pick up and some of the images it's getting and there's a lot of other cool stuff going on in space right now too with uh um within our solar system with some of the images we're getting back from uh the planets within our solar system as well so it's a uh, just really cool stuff happening and that's gonna give us a better knowledge of how any of this would work anywhere else and uh um and I think there's a lot of people working on things like ghosts and uh, interdimensional stuff and all that kind of stuff. And I, um, you know, if I had to guess, I would say um, from a planetary standpoint, that that next dimension, that next realm, whatever we go to after we die, um, heaven, hell, whatever you want to believe in, um, probably is, uh, a, you know, there's, it, you know, it's just a dimension laid on top of ours that, you know, is just the next iteration. And so you're right here on top of us, basically. And we just, I don't know. That would be kind of my theory to it. I, um, I, I, I'm, I'm kind of right there with you. Let me ask you, and this just this question popped into my head. And for some reason, I feel like this is like a million-dollar question. Like, yo, this is going to be the one. If somebody handed you an envelope and you knew for a fact, like, this was true, like it was guaranteed that when you open this envelope, what they said was true, if they go, everything you ever questioned, everything you ever wondered, everything you ever was like, were like, mm, maybe. When you open that envelope, you would get all the answers. Would you open that envelope? Yes. You yes, would. would. Oh, man. <laughs> you're a braver man than me. Oh, man, you're yeah. a braver man than me. I, I'm not saying it would necessarily be a comfortable experience, but you know what? Oh. I, I'm curious about way too many things, and if somebody handed me the answers, I would absolutely look to see what they were. Um, and uh, I'd probably, you know, I'd probably have to be locked up after that. But it's, <laughs> oh, <man. laughs> dude, 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 do not call me crazy. Do not call me crazy. And I know, I like, I'm, a, I'm, I look into every conspiracy theory. Like I'm a big conspiracy theory nut. Which I can, uh, we can ask, like, we can talk about other conspiracy theories, but like, I heard one, and this is this is gonna sound goofy. Now, I was, uh, I was born and raised Roman Catholic, and then you know knew about the dinosaurs, but then when I was older, I started getting into more Eastern religions and realizing that hey, like, uh, you know, the Bhagavad Gita was years before the Bible. You know, there was like other cultures here before that also had a great flood yada yada uh then you start hearing about the anunnaki when you start getting into left field out there somebody brought up this theory and i man i'm gonna bury myself for believing this but they made a compelling argument when they said hey dinosaurs didn't actually exist and i go what kind of joseph smith religion starting in missouri Scientologist shit is this, but when they made a compelling argument that they go, hey, we've never actually seen actual dinosaur bones because the ones that are in museums are fake and the only ones allowed to them are archaeologists. And then they go, if you look at dinosaur body structures, 
they don't make sense. Like when they tell us like a stegosaurus, a stegosaurus being that heavy could not support itself on those legs and could not move. And I go, ah, shit. <laughs> I was like, no, 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 no. No, I'm not a dinosaur denier. But like, and now in the back of my mind, now I sit there and question it. And I'm like, shit, did dinosaurs actually exist? And I'm like, son of a bitch. <laughs> like, that's... That's kind of where I'm at, and I go, I I hate to sit here and throw this out there, but I'll throw myself out there. It's like, now I got a question if dinosaurs exist, because one redhead on TikTok made me question it, and this is not fair. <laughs> I'm not a fan of this. <laughs> if it makes you feel better, I've seen dinosaur bones. So Okay, so you, you you've actually seen them in the ground? I've seen them in the ground. There's oh, thank a, God. All right. Oh, my God. <laughs> there's a spots in Wyoming where you can actually go observe digs and stuff. And I can tell you there are giant bones that they are digging out of the ground. <sighs> thank God. Because my, uh, and I, I it, it, it made me question things, but I shouldn't have because a good buddy of mine, Judd, actually found a mammoth tusk uh, here in, well, he was in Illinois. When he was in college and like his professor goes, ah, it's an old farm tire. He goes, no, I don't think so. It turns out it was a whole mammoth tusk down near yeah. Mammoth. So, but again, like th- there was like a compelling thing. Like they, they made sense. And I guess that's kind of a scary thing when it comes to conspiracy, th- conspiracy theories. It's, you might have a good theory. Like you might have a good, like, I guess, I, I guess maybe conspiracy theories I should look at as used cars where it's like, <laughs> Yeah, you have a nice used 2009 Honda Civic that might have a lot of problems with it, but you have a good salesman. (laughs) (laughs) But, you know, I mean, I I, I don't know. I've always been of the belief it's it's smart to question everything. And, uh, you know, the fact of the matter is, is uh, when you look at a lot of conspiracy theories, um, when you think about logistically trying to get every scientist on the planet to lie to us about something that that would be pretty difficult to pull off. Yeah, it um, would. But, but, you know, I mean, you also have to remember that a lot of science is built on science that was done before it, that was done before it. And so we do know things about the dinosaurs now. Like we do know that some of the skeletons were assembled incorrectly. There's one of the big specimens. I can't remember which one it is where they discovered that some of the parts are actually from a different dinosaur. Oh yeah. And, yeah. yeah. Uh, that was it. Yeah. It was part of it. Yeah. 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 Yeah, you know, so it's one of those things where we're, uh, you know, I mean, sometimes you know, science is all about, you know, taking the knowledge you have and making your best guess out of it. That's what a theory is, right? You like you come up with this idea, and then you set about trying to prove or disprove it. And uh, so I, I think uh, what we have out there right now is the best working knowledge that we have, and uh, we'll continue to learn lots of cool things about it. That's for sure. Do you have a uh, do you have a favorite conspiracy theory? One that's like it, it doesn't have to be like super serious because I know there's some like serious ones that people get like hyped up over. But do you got one that's one you've always like ah, I kind of enjoy this one or not like enjoy it, but you're like eh, this is one that I might believe in. Ah, uh, you know I I don't know, man. I used to really really get into that stuff, but I I, I think I just got to a point in my life where it's one of those things where I just don't let it consume me like it used to. Um, but not really a, consp- a conspiracy theory, but uh, I am a big Bigfoot fan. Um, so that's, uh, uh, you know, again, it's uh, having lived, you know, people are like, 
well, how could uh, there be a Bigfoot there? Nobody's ever seen it. And I, and I asked him, I'm like, have you ever seen a bear in the wild? And most people haven't seen a bear in the wild either. <laughs> so I, that, uh, that is very true. So did, did, did you always live in Oregon or is that, is that where you're born? I grew, up, I grew up in Idaho um, and I've lived in a few different places now. So yeah, it's a, uh, but yeah, so uh, I grew up in Idaho, um, but yeah, you move up to like the Pacific Northwest and they're, and like you're driving down the road, you realize that there could literally be a nine foot tall, Bigfoot, 10 feet off the road and you would never see it because the trees are so thick. So, it's, uh, um, you know, so I, and, uh, but what, what really uh, got me interested in that is I actually took a course when I was in college. Um, Dr. Jeff Meldrum, um, I think he still teaches at Idaho State University, but at this time he taught at Idaho State University, his specialties in um, uh, locomotion of, of apes, basically. So like he, that, that was his specialty. He was a biological anthropologist. He looked at locomotion of upright bipeds, so humans, apes, et cetera. And uh, he had really gotten involved in some of this Bigfoot stuff. And I will tell you, like he approached it from a very scientific standpoint of saying, I'm not saying there is or isn't Bigfoot. I'm saying we don't have evidence one way or another enough to rule it out. And there's quite a bit of evidence out there that indicates that there's something out there we should be looking at. And, uh, and he, he really got into detail about, you know, like when you look at the Bigfoot footprints, you know, where the arch is on the foot and how it, um, where the lines are for where the foot breaks when it's moving and stuff like that. And their characteristics of like big apes and stuff like that stuff that normal people wouldn't know to recreate uh, if they were out there making fake footprints. So it's a, it's one of those things where really cool. I have a, I have a Bigfoot footprint cast that he gave me hanging up in, in my office. It's a, so it's a, are you yeah, serious? I don't have a theory, but yeah, yeah, it's really cool stuff. Dude, that's a, dude, that, that is, that's amazing. I, I love cryptozoology, like nobody's business. I, um, one of my lifelong goals is to just go to Loch Ness. I don't expect to see the Loch Ness monster, but I want to go to the Loch Ness. Yeah, I think that'd be cool, man. Like it's a, uh, um, we all know that Nessie died a few years ago, but <laughs> wait, wait, what? <laughs> what happened? <laughs> when? When was this? I'm just making stuff up now, but no, I mean, I, <laughs> it's a big world, man. Just like when we talk about it, it's a big universe, it's it's actually a really big world. There's all kinds of things that we don't know about. I think it was like ten years ago they discovered a species of deer in Vietnam. You know, like a like if they're finding, you know, medium sized mammals running around in Vietnam, you know, what what else are we missing? <laughs> exactly. Now let's bring uh let's bring Bigfoot back into the uh back into the barbecue fold. What's the best cut of meat off a of Bigfoot? Say someone hunts Bigfoot and gets one down. <laughs> What's the best cut of meat off Bigfoot? See, I, I don't think I support eating of primates. I think they're probably a little too closely related to us, and uh, he's likely a large primate. Steve Ranella uh, did it. He felt weird about it. He's like, man, this is like I was eating a human. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I remember that episode. That was a great episode. He was like, yeah, that that it didn't sit well with him either. <laughs> <laughs> All right, all right. How about this? How about this? Uh, best cut of meat off the Loch Ness monster. Oh, let's see. So Loch Ness monster again. We don't have any creatures like Loch Ness monster on the planet, but uh, uh, is Loch Ness a uh, is that a mammal? Uh, well, nobody really knows. I no. think the the suspicion is that some sort of uh, amphibious reptile, right? That that's kind of the suspicion of it. 
Yeah, or they're thinking it was a um, uh, what's the or, one dinosaur? Uh, like a Diplodocus or something like yeah. that that survived somehow. So, which still technically um, reptile, yeah. Yeah, again, uh, that'd make it a large reptile. Um, so I would go for tail meat myself. You know, assuming that that's where your big steaks are going to come from. Uh, just like they went off, like if you were eating a, a lizard or a snake like or something like that, I, I would go for a tail steak off uh, the Loch Ness Monster, I think. Now, how do you think you would, because uh, you, obviously that tail is going to be tough because it's been uh, kicking around for, uh, what, four million years? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, so it's probably going to be a tough cut of meat. Uh, you know, I, I, I think the... I think the secret's going to be you're going to have to brine it, right? You're going to have to let it soak for a little while in some in a salt water brine, probably that's uh, seasoned up real good. And some Jameson. Yeah, something. You're you're probably going to want some of that to drink too, with what we're about to make. Uh. Um, <laughs> and and then I, you know, I think uh, the secret's to cook it low and slow. You know, you want to cook it low and slow, but I think it's probably going to be pretty lean meat as well. So you want to, you don't want to cook it low and slow, but you're going to want to protect it. So I'd go for a few hours, let it get some good smoke flavor. And then I'd probably wrap it in either butcher paper or foil and really let it just uh, hold some of that moisture in, um, spritz it every once in a while, just to make sure it maintains some moisture and see if we can tenderize that meat uh, as, as it cooks for a long time. Thinking you're probably going to have to get it to an internal temperature of probably 165 to be safe because most of your bacteria are dead at 165. Uh, 145 might be safe, but just not having ever cooked a uh, Loch Ness Monster before, I'd probably take it to 165 to be safe, uh, think, just like you do. Check. I think we'd want to check with the FDA <laughs> what they recommend. <laughs> By the way, um, if I if I didn't uh, tell you right now, I'd probably forget, but this is the highlight of what I ever wanted this podcast to be, is we're literally trying to figure out how we would cook cryptid animals and this is one of the greatest things i've ever done on this show <laughs> so i actually have a, a friend you can find him on instagram it's a appalachian huntsman he makes spices and rubs and stuff like that and he is the biggest cryptid nerd i've ever met in my life and he would <laughs> love to be part of this conversation at some point um if anybody's thought about it he has i i promise you um, he's got some great rubs and seasoning. Uh, they like, I think uh, the brisket rub is like Mothman brisket rub or something like that. Uh, so I mean, just really cool stuff. So uh, definitely check out his stuff. He's a uh, he, he's, he's somebody you might want to get to know just from that aspect. Please send me his uh, information. Yeah, because that is uh, right up this alley. Like I had this, uh, and I'll, I'll tell you, I'll tell you when we're uh, off air because it's actually something that we're kind of in the works on. Um, but I got like a conspiracy theory rub, but yeah, I never thought about cryptid rubs. And that is, that to me is, if you could culminate what happens in my mind, that's the, like, that's something like, I remember I made a joke <laughs> one time. My buddy was, uh, he, he was going to hunt in the Congo. And the only thing I really remember about Congo was like the movie. And I go, dude, if you ever shoot like a silverback, I'm like silverback backstraps, just drizzle them in sweet baby Ray's barbecue sauce. <laughs> animals we shouldn't be eating but we're discussing how to cook them correctly well you know i mean again you know i mean there's probably a proper way to cook human too it doesn't mean i'm gonna do it but there's probably a proper way to cook 
<laughs> do you think do you think that humans from the Midwest taste better because we're corn fed? <laughs> uh, we're the best tasting humans from. I mean, if you had to guess, like it's just based on that, like how <laughs> this is based on barbecue. And I'm not saying go out and eat humans, but like if, if there there was a if there was a prime cut of human meat. It's got man, it's gotta be from the Mediterranean, bro. Like it's got a great climate, great food. They, they yeah, they eat healthy, you know, they eat a lot of fruits and vegetables and stuff like that. It's uh I you you're you're probably right. Um I would expect to see some nice marbling and stuff like that. So I, I I'm kind of disturbed just thinking about this though. <laughs> I know. Especially those free range tribes from the Amazon we haven't touched. <laughs> <laughs> no antibiotics, dude. <laughs> oh man! All right, all right. Now let's get a little off the rails. <laughs> let's reel this one back. Right. I'm sorry, I went there. Man. I told you, I told you this is getting strange, and this is the epitome of it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I yeah, that, that, yeah. I think we might uh, go <sighs> too far. Let's go back to talking. How, how would you pick Bigfoot again? <laughs> hey, yeah, because, <laughs> not not tribe. Oh yeah, uh, chupacabra. By the way, hey, have you ever had my chupacabra chili? <laughs> I have not. <laughs> but, uh, Dude, but my my Mothman meatballs are killer. <laughs> Bigfoot brisket. All right, I'm not doing that. I'm not doing that. <laughs> the rule of three is over. Oh. Oh, did, why did why did we go there? Why did you, Ryan? Why did you allow that to happen? The the, the host was, of this that, show is out of control. It's your podcast, man. I'm just enjoying my time here. <laughs> I'm really enjoying it too. That's a uh, oh man, I, I think that that little uh, quip was a conversation long time coming, and I'm glad it happened. I'm not mad at it at all. <laughs> oh man! All right, let's uh, let's let let's let's reel. Let's reel things back in, and let's uh, let's send the audience uh, home with uh, with at least some uh, something good. Um, Spaceman knives, you guys are going to be hyping up for the Christmas season. What is coming this Christmas season? Um, I know we only got like a few uh, short weeks to try to get some uh, some orders in, but what do you have coming up that people should know about that they might want to get their hands on? You know, we have a, um, sorry about that. I had a text message coming through there. So you'll probably hear that vibrate on your end. Oh, I but did. <laughs> uh, ultimately, uh, you know, we're not dropping any more new products before Christmas. Uh, we did just drop what we call the Hydra series, going back to um, some cryptozoology stuff, but also there's a Hydra constellation. So all of our knives have a space theme in some way, shape or form. Um, they sold out in record time. Um, I think I sold out in less than a day of everything I had in stock, but we hope to have more of those back in stock for Christmas. So definitely be watching for those. Um, and we'll have some more good sales. We did a lot of big sales in November uh, with uh, Black Friday and with a group of small businesses. We actually do what we call Barbecue Black Friday, the Friday before Black Friday. So that happened as well. So two weekends in a row, we had uh, big sales going on. And uh, people seem to really enjoy those. Um, that being said, we'll probably be doing another uh, pretty good sell this weekend as well. So if people are looking at picking up some knives, uh, right now it's more about the deals than any new knives dropping. But again, just get out there, check out our website, check out our social media pages, um, find the knife right for you. And if you have questions, um, shoot me a message. Um, 
as you know, I, I I'm there. I'll respond to the DMs. <laughs> can confirm. <laughs> Dude, you had Killer Sales Black Friday and then awesome sales on Steve's Blackout Tuesday. Sliding <laughs> <laughs> to my DMs at two o'clock in the morning. There's a good chance I'll answer. <laughs> <laughs> and it'll be packaged by four a.m. I can promise that. Right. <laughs> <laughs> don't, don't don't promise. About. That doesn't happen every. Day. Well, I'm, 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 I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I can promise it happened once. <laughs> my bad. I don't I hate, hate to put you on blast. And people are like, "Yo, package my shit. I'm hammered, bro." <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, it's uh, you know, I think uh, I I think the main thing is just watch for the the good deals right now. Um, we do have some cool stuff coming out after the beginning of the year. Um, if all goes well, so it's uh, but yeah, right now it's um, really just about getting the knives we have in stock in the hands of everybody for Christmas. Uh, somebody called me the knife Santa the other day, and I I, I love that. You know, <laughs> we're uh, gonna get a uh, knife out to everybody we can for Christmas. So having a lot of fun with it. Um, so just watch for those sales. All of our sales are announced on social media. Um, some of them make our webpage, but some of them just stay on social media. Lots of people know, there know about them. So it's uh, um, they're all honored on our webpage, but some, they're not always up on the big banner on the front page or anything like that. So uh, follow us on social media and uh, see what we see what kind of deals we have going. The yeah, absolutely. Check it out. Uh, the one thing I will say is the knife Santa is an okay name, but. Uh... Knife Kringle is a better name. Knife Kringle. Knife Kringle. Slicing Santa. <laughs> that sounds like a horror movie. <laughs> it, hey, by the way, there is a uh, there's like two horror and there was one that came out last year where like Santa fought zombies, and then there's another one this year where John Leguizamo's in it. It's called Violent Violent Night. Like this family is like trying to get robbed, and uh, Santa comes through and like destroys them. It's it apparently it's really good. I had some people tell me they saw it, and they're like, "Yo, dude, it's worth checking out." Uh, it's called Violent Night. I think I saw a clip of that one. Is that the one with the clip where the guys like uh, the guys like I've got the best guys in the industry coming after you, and Santa's like, "They must not be that good. I've already killed two of them, or something." Like that. <laughs> yeah, he's like, "You're on my naughty list." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's the that's the movie. I had a there's a uh, uh, priest. He's a legit priest. I've been trying to get him. He's a big pro wrestling fan. Uh, he might be on in a couple episodes. But yeah, he went to that movie, and I was like, "Oh, are you gonna sit through that one, Father?" <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I've had a couple people say they're like, "Yeah, it's it's legit good." And like one of my buddies is a big horror movie guy, and he's like, "This is my new favorite Christmas movie." I'm like, "Okay," <laughs> but I check it out. Might have to check it out. Yeah, uh, I, I will say the um, not in the horror frame, but a uh, little bit on the nerdy side, space side. Uh, the Guardians of the Galaxy Christmas special. Ooh, it was pretty legit, man. Like it was. It might be. It's probably my favorite Christmas movie of the year. Watched it with my kids. It was a great one. And it, it, that one's family friendly. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's on Disney. Um, Guardians of the Galaxy Christmas special. They. Uh, 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 it, I, I don't want to ruin it for anybody, but uh, Kevin Bacon's in it as well, so it's uh, <laughs> it's pretty entertaining. Gotta love that. Gotta love that. I uh, man, I, I love you can watch uh, watch movies with your kids. I uh, I never got like me, me and my old man are like pretty close, so it it goes. Uh, my mom, who is an absolute saint, um, 
my older sister who's got her life together, my younger sister who's got her life together, and then there's me, the middle child, who, eh, whatever. The only movies I ever get to watch as a family, like me and my dad will get together and watch Apocalypse Now. <laughs> we, don't, <laughs> we don't get to have like those wholesome moments as like a whole family. Like It's just like me and my dad watching like three hours, and then as soon as that movie's over, it's like, oh, we're on the Vietnam trend. You want to watch Deer Hunter? It's like, yeah. <laughs> that's, that's the bonding time I get to get with my dad, but... um. You know, again, the, one of those uh, fun little uh, little special moments where I'm like, hey, if we're going to watch this movie, why don't we make something really cool, like a nice little dish, you know, maybe some wings or something, which uh, kind of gives me an idea for Christmas. I think I want to do a Christmas brisket this year. I think I'm going to do that. I'm doing a, I have a seven bone, a seven bone bone in prime rib that I'm going to throw on the smoker for Christmas. Okay. What do you what do you uh, what do you season that season seasoning that up with <laughs> during the seasons seasons season, season you know what I'm going seasons great. What 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 I find is best is to do a butter herb crust on it. So I'll make a compound butter a day or two before and uh, slather the entire thing in in that, and then you smoke it nice and slow, and all that butter just seeps in there and leaves all the uh, herbs that you put in there behind. So it's a uh, that that's the way I typically do prime rib. And beyond that, you know, prime rib doesn't need a whole lot. It's such a great cut of meat. You just don't overcook it, and you're good to go. And I hope you put that uh, put that on either your video or your story because I want to see that, and I'm sure shit, a lot of other people like to see that. I know your family's going to enjoy it. Um, yeah. Hell, is there uh, is there anything we missed? Anything else that we need to cover, or uh, or do you think we're good from there? I mean, I think. <laughs> I think we hit about everything we needed to. I don't know. Yeah, nothing that I can think of, but I really appreciate having me on the podcast and uh you know, hope uh hope a lot of people uh listen to it. I'll definitely be sending some people your way to listen to the podcast and it's been a great time. I really appreciate it. Man, I appreciate your time. Uh I appreciate you letting me uh go down a very, very strange wormhole that <laughs> hopefully everybody enjoys us and if you guys have cryptid recipes please send them our way heck yeah heck yeah if we get enough cryptid recipes we might have to do another episode where we just talk about those oh man i would love to make like mock dishes of like just wearing like a space suit or something like i'm a time traveler and i'm making like saber tooth like burnt ends like that would be <laughs> that's like a dream yeah, of mine you got a whole YouTube channel planned out right there, man. Just make it happen. <laughs> uh, f- funny story. I'll tell you something uh, after we uh, after we cut off air here um, <laughs> about that. But um, hey, everybody, you know, thanks for thanks for listening the whole time, Ryan. Thank you so much for being here. This was awesome. I I had a blast. I like hit a dream of mine on this podcast. I didn't think we'd ever hit, and I'm glad I got to hit it with you. That that was amazing. Thank you. I appreciate you having me on. Hey guys, go check out uh, Spaceman Knives. You still got time to get some uh, some orders in here for Christmas. And listen, if you don't get them in by Christmas, like a couple days after Christmas, it's even better because the presents still keep coming in. Uh, I'll have all the links to the website, his socials, uh, in the description on the Instagram stories, all that good stuff. Thank you everyone for sticking around. Listen, I love you all. Happy holidays if I don't talk to you by then. And remember, the Wu-Tang slang is mad fucking dangerous. Later.
Hey, thank you so much for sticking around. That was a fantastic episode. I know it sounds like I'm on my iPhone and using AirPods to record this. That's because I am. But like most episodes, I'm going to end this with some uh, some filthy stand-up. This was uh, a set I did November 19th in the Speakeasy in Rock Island, one of the first places I had ever done stand-up. So if you've got kid in the, kids in the car or you don't want to hear any filthy material, now would be a good time to turn off the... Uh, turn out the recording thank you for making it this far and if you're brave enough please enjoy i love you all so very much and remember guys take care of one another enjoy uh enjoy me telling nasty filthy jokes thanks It always had a soldier to cream. Take it home. Someone will get it. Someone will get it. I'm, I'm going there. On deck, we have Chris Schlichten coming kind of to the stage right now. The only comic you're allowed to actually encourage to boo, Stevie Moore. I 
save the conversation. I save the conversation. I go, yeah, I'm shorter dude, but I'm 69 inches tall in cowboy boots, so. <laughs> I'll show you guys the fucking conversation. It really happened. Anyway, I'm supposed to go meet her uh, later tonight and give her like $400 because she needs to pay her phone bill, so. <laughs> It's going well. <laughs> they call them selling Tinder stories. You know what you don't see on Tinder? Like what you don't see is like the difference of bios. So I'll give you an example. There's a lot of a lot of single ladies out there, single moms. That I'm like, I'm a single mom. I hope you can handle my sass. My kids come first. I'm like, good. I'm glad they come first. Like, she's like, I got kids, but I'm ready to get dick instead. Like. <laughs> What the fuck, Amber Phillips? What the fuck is... Uh, I didn't even get any sympathy pussy from her and I bought her a brand new weed. What the fuck? God damn it. I got a fucking win. My best friend, my bank account, Jesus. But speaking of uh, uh, best friends, hey, um, if you got a drink in your hand, I want you guys to put this in the sky right now. I'm drinking Tito's. This is Brad's drink. So this place is awesome. They renovated the Circuit 21 BBT. It looks fantastic. Let's take a shot for Brad and take a shot for the longevity of this place. Ladies and gentlemen, my name is Stephen Bell. This is for Brad. Oh, God. <laughs> 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 All right, one, two, three, let's go. 